0: If you like the Kindling Fire podcast, you're going to love the Kindling Fire YouTube channel. On there, I have put e-courses, Bible devotionals, uh, 30-day challenges. It's a ton of stuff that is really designed to help accelerate your growth. If you like our guests, you like what we talk about, and you are looking to grow spiritually, you want to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. All of it's for free, and I know you're going to love it. So go check it out.
1: We go in a cage fight, get in the octagon and you tap out. Do you get victory? No, you don't. You fail. Uh, You know, you lost. But in God's kingdom, which is upside down, when you surrender to Jesus, you literally walk into his victory. And so there's strength in defeat.
0: Welcome to The Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. This podcast is here to advance the revolution Jesus started, a revolution of the free, the fire starters, the troublemakers, and the zealots. I interview people who I think are awesome, who have heard that revolutionary call and are going after Jesus with their whole heart. If you listen to this show and join our community, I know God is going to speak to you. I believe God wants to change the world through you, through your unique gifts and talents He's given you. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life, a voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will. Let's get rolling. Today on the Kindling Fire, I have a brother from another mother. All the way across the world. Brett Murray, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thanks, Troy. Thanks for having me. It's such an honor. So uh, you are uh, down under. Uh, where, are you, where are you down under? Uh, in Sydney, Australia. Actually, in what we call the northwest
1: part of Sydney, a place called Stanhope Gardens. That sounds fancy, but it's just a suburban
0: suburb. Hey, you're like the garden. I've been to Sydney. It's like the Garden of Eden. It's so beautiful there. It's uh, really beautiful, man. We're very blessed. Very blessed to live in a nation such as ours, yeah. So we've been getting to know each other a little bit before the show, and uh, I'd like to start uh, our conversation with, uh, first off, just a little bit of an introduction of yourself, um uh, who you are what you do um and you have a recent book out so we can talk about that and then we'll kind of get into what uh, where we're going to go with the show
1: sure sure so yeah um well uh got got saved 30 years ago this year um uh, wow uh, it's been it's been an amazing journey uh 17 years ago my wife and I started we stepped out in faith and started what uh, was to become a charity There was a, always on our mind and heart, a ministry uh, addressing bullying. Uh, that charity became known as Make Bullying History Foundation. Um, this year we actually were regarded as the number one most effective anti-bullying organisation in the world uh, on March 15th this year.
0: Wow, uh, congratulations. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah oh, thank it's, you. It's, believe me, it's it's all for the grace of God. I'm not that intelligent, believe me. So, yeah, we've been ministering to schools. So outside the four walls of the church, we've really been uh, yeah, impacting uh, the world in general. In that time, we've, we've, you know, been invited to preach and speak at many different churches and conferences and so forth. But then my wife felt like we really needed to do something that was very much faith-based focus. So about four years ago... She said, Look, what we really do, uh, we, we make safe people and say, we build safe people and safe places. So we started mm-hmm. a, a faith based arm of our charity called Safe Heart. And under Safe Heart, that's where we do all of our preaching and ministering. And um, three years ago, I came to a what I call a crisis of faith. Uh, this is, I've written about it in my book, uh, Game Plan, um, where pretty much there was a part of my life that. Well, I was was living a a dual life, a duplicitous Mm. life. I'd I'd had addictions that I was very, very ashamed of, and nobody, I mean, nobody knew. And, Mm. uh, yeah, just over three years ago, they all got exposed, and I was about to lose everything, my wife, my children, ministry, everything. And it was, I had three choices. Uh, The three choices were run, repent, or take my own life. And um, first time since I was 16, I was suicidal literally walked down the road from my house fell on my knees in a, in a park um spread open bawling my eyes out just weeping uncontrollably and it wasn't just because i'd been caught out it was because i realized i need to repent and just said god if you can't change me take me
0: because i'm no good to anyone mm. and was delivered on the spot and
1: went on a journey of redemption And uh, repair, and um, yeah, it was just an amazing journey, and uh, yeah, now find myself uh, yeah in a stronger position than I've ever been, uh, more on fire than I've ever been, Mm. closer with my wife than I've ever been, um, yeah, more focused. Um, You know what really matters matters, and that's Mm. kingdom first and family first, and. Yeah, just, I mean, that's a very abbreviated version of the story. Yeah. And and out of that came a book uh, based on uh, a revelation that I got from Psalm 139, uh, one of David's, or the Jewish scholars say, the greatest psalm ever written. And uh, yeah, verses 14 to 16 of that, where David shares revelation that every day of my life was written and recorded in your book before I'd even breathed a single breath. And just like wow, yeah, God's got a plan for my life. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He's got a plan for my life. Plans to prosper. Plans to give me a future and a hope. Psalm twenty three says he leads us on the paths of righteousness. From Genesis to Revelation, if you exegete the whole uh, message of God having a plan for your purpose for your life, it's there. We have a choice, or billions of choices to make, to obey God, and 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 um, you know. Be involved in his plan, and that's where the revelation really came uh, full, full sort of um, clarity was that his redemption, his love, his forgiveness uh, are all free. But if you want to live a blessed life, that's conditional, you need to obey. And uh, you know, here I was a guy who was volunteering for there's a massive youth ministry here in Australia called Youth Alive, and it's been around for oh. 35, 40 years. I volunteered for them for six years and spoke at many of their youth rallies with thousands of young people getting saved from my preaching. But if I wasn't asked to share a message, I just wouldn't read the Bible for years. Uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't reading. You know, the p- recent post that we discussed that I just popped up on Instagram, social media. I used to never read, and even though I'd written five books in about know, 15 years. I've probably read three in 15 years, yet the year that I had this encounter with God, you know, God says if we do not um, confess our sins, he will shout it from the rooftops. And I believe that's a form of his godly discipline. He disciplines those he loves. You know, I used to say to my kids when they were little, I love you too much to let you be naughty.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and that's what god that's what god was doing to me love me too much to let me me naughty. so so there is a there's a lot here so let me let me break it down <laughs> i want to i want to back it up yeah. just a little bit because you got yeah, you yeah. have so much to offer um man all right first off didn't know that and <laughs> yeah. and and it's like i so much of um my storyline is a – and so many of the storylines of the people I've met is a – it's a, I thought I was doing really well, and then I just crashed really bad thinking I was beyond recovery, and then God restores me. So the question – and, and and that is not – like I've had so many conversations of that. Yeah. And yeah. So, so I just want to dig a little bit into that part of your story in that. Today, yep. were there things that you own today that you did not walk in or know before, you know, four years ago? Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah what yeah. are some examples of something that God brought out of something you thought was, this is the end, like, I'm done, like, I've lost everything, yet now, oh. you, now you're now you a rich man, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, where, where do we start? Um, well, the, the first thing was just daily prayer and Bible reading. Like just daily devotion, something as simple as that. I, I I cannot start the day now without devotion, prayer, quiet time with the Lord, and journaling. I used to think, oh, journaling something that girls do, and you know that, that was that was my macho Australian, yeah, you know thinking, and and, and you know when I came to the end of myself because. I mean, it was funny. Uh, I knew I wasn't doing well. I was living a dual life. I was hiding sin, yeah. you know, hiding addiction, and and trying to prove to everyone else I had it all together. And um, I'd lived that way for 16 years. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just came, you know, crashing down in the end. You can't do it. And the enemy just plays the long game. He wears you out. And. Mm. Uh, yeah, it just destroys do you. So, yeah, do you, I think do you Bible, Bible reading and daily prayer, every, do you, and, and not
0: like, well, when I can fit it in, it is priority. Do you think you deceived yourself? Like when, when you, you talk about being blessed or, or God using you, right, um, in yeah. ministry settings, yet you knew that you had sort of a duplicit, duplicitous kind of life. Yeah. Do you feel like... Some of that was like, well, you know, God's still using me. I'm, I'm actually, I'm doing okay. Like, do you
1: ever get? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a huge level of deception. I was so deceived, mm. so deceived. I was like, oh, well, you know, God used me, so I'm forgiven, so it's okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Massively deceived. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, okay. so, so, so it's not. Some psychologists would call the behaviour insane. It's it's yeah. technically insane if you, you know, keep doing the same action. Or Albert Einstein said, you keep doing the same action repeatedly, expecting a different result.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Lord, when I. I was very self-deceived right when I was crashing and when I hit my bottom. And I remember receiving a prophetic word from somebody that said, Read these Bible verses. And I read it, and it was about hope and restoration. And, and it was with my marriage, and we were separated and all this stuff because of me. And, yeah. and I remember reading it going, Yeah, God's going to restore it. And then the Lord, many months later, said, Go read it again. And I read it again, and it's like, Your heart has deceived you. Yet you have been walking in deception. And it was like all this stuff in there about how self-deceptive decept- I had created my own reality. And the Lord, yeah. and I didn't, it's like I read the whole scripture and skipped all those verses because I couldn't yeah. even see it. And then when he told me to read it again, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the, yeah. th-. you know, it's like I saw it for the first time. And which, yeah. thank God, better to live in reality than deception
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah and it's when when i think bringing things into the light as well uh, mm, that's something yeah. that you know just being honest being open being vulnerable realizing you don't have it all together um and and one of the biggest deceptions i had as well was that i can never be forgiven for this this ah, is beyond yeah. forgiveness like i you mm. know i'm you know god will forgive anyone else but he can't forgive me and mm you know, my wife, there's no way in the world she'll forgive me. And, and and that was the greatest lie because once it all came out and, you know, it, it was painful, 2017 was the worst, most painful year of my life, but it has been the most fruitful. Yeah, so, um, yeah,
0: yeah. And, that's good.
1: And it's good. It's, it's like I, I the, the key I believe that I, Oh, now you're asking me what? Yeah, I sure. I've yeah. Surrendered. The power of surrender. Because mm. when you surrender in the world, we go in a cage fight, get in the octagon, and you tap out. Do you get victory? No, you don't. You fail. Uh, you know, you lost. But in God's kingdom, which is upside down, when you surrender to Jesus, you literally walk into his victory. And so there's strength in defeat. You you know, you realise I can't do this. So in your weakness, His power is made perfect, and in uh, His strength is made perfect in your weakness. So that's where that became a living, breathing reality. That I can't do this on my own. I'm no good. I surrender. I've got nothing. Then God goes, right now. Watch what redemption looks like. Mm. And. And I had, to, I had to be honest. I had to be brutally open and vulnerable. And, yeah, it was painful because you've got to own a lot of your own rubbish. And, uh, but then once the rubbish is exposed, it can be taken out.
0: <laughs> yeah, so God's grace. So I think I've said it this way is that when you see God's justice as his mercy, that's such a sign of maturity. Like when God brings something out, not to, to fully condemn you, or any of that, but to truly actually release you and free you. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean...
1: People like me see that as punishment, that's punitive, Yeah. but they don't realize, no, it's discipline. Discipline Mm -hmm. sometimes
0: hurts,
1: but it brings a greater result in the future.
0: Yeah, so I... So that's... And I think you and I kind of chatted before this show is that if you grew up, I grew up with a lot, not a lot of discipline. I did anything I wanted, whenever I wanted, anytime I wanted. And, and, and just, that's how I rolled. And then I became a Christian and I, it was just me and God, me and God. I don't need the pastor and I don't need people in my life. It's just me and God. And. And, oh, yeah, now have a family. But it's still me and God and wife. I mean, that's a good suggestion, but it's just, it's just me and God, you know. Yeah. you know. And and it was pride. It was – and then all of my downfall, which was horrendous, it sounds like yours was too, was yeah. all – was the Lord saying, I, you belong to me, and this is discipline, and it's proof of yeah. you belonging to me because I care enough yeah. to work with you versus, yeah, well, you know. So do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. It's totally. so. My question to you is that through like 2017, do you find that? How do you interact with other guys now? I mean, do you feel like you're more open? Are you feel isolated? Were you isolated? Oh. Like, what does that all look like now?
1: Well, yeah, I wrote the book because I just knew I needed to reach out to men. It was so funny because, uh, you know, cycling's, uh, you know, become a big thing. It's like the new golf uh, around the world with men. So lots of men cycle, particularly here in Australia. Um, and so, you know, with cycling, I was just before... Uh, everything came crashing down I was doing triathlons Ironman triathlons and that was another thing you know, pride and all that under the guise of doing it to raise awareness for our charity and our ministry but I just wanted to be a superhero and everyone would worship me and so (laughs) being involved in that in that that, that type come on
0: other men you know you feel the same way
1: (laughs) so being involved in that kind of community I had guys around me and Christian guys but they didn't know my life and then I just started sharing with them Uh, what I was going through and one by one guys would just open up because I led by example and was vulnerable other guys became more vulnerable and uh, and and it was crazy at the end of 2017 got the revelation to to write game plan so then I, I worked throughout 2018 wrote game plan in the Christmas of yeah yeah oh Christmas 2018 I wrote game plan, then we got it published, and then my wife just said, "Hey, um, if, you got, if you got this book, you've got to do a study guide with it." So I did a study guide, and she said, "Well, you've got to be gathering men. Like you can't just have a book and a, and a you know a study guide and not be gathering men." And I was at that stage. We'd, we'd, we'd come a long way, and I just said, "Oh, well, if I do something, I'm gonna. It's gonna be simple. Like we'll have bacon, eggs, and Bible." And she goes, "That's what you call it." So. For so the last 18 months, I've been running uh, a, pro, um, a men's gathering once a month called Bacon, Eggs and Bible, and, <laughs> and we gather once a month, and it's going through the book, and, but just being vulnerable, creating a safe place yeah. uh, and building, building safe men, encouraging them, but just to be open and and, and vulnerable, but leading by example. And... Uh, and, and through me just saying, hey, guys, this is my story. This is where I'm at. Yeah. And even times when I'm having a down day, we, we have the WhatsApp, uh, Bacon, Eggs and Bible WhatsApp, so we're all connected and we, we, we talk throughout the month. Share I script, share scriptures daily. And there'll be times when I'll just feel down, like really down. I know the enemy's having a go. So I'll say to the guys, hey, fellas, I really need your prayers right now. And guys, just jump on. And by me being vulnerable, the guys now, it's taken 18 months, but they're starting to say, hey, look, I really value you being vulnerable because it means that I can be vulnerable with you. And, um, yeah, and I feel more connected. And everywhere we go, men have just had so many opportunities to share with different men's gatherings and been invited to preach. Um, and, And men are just saying, you're reading my mail. Yeah, exactly. What you're telling me you went through is what I'm going through, or I've been through. And yes, like you said yourself, try. It's such a common, common story.
0: Yeah, it, it's the upside down kingdom, right? Which you yeah. mentioned, which is, is you said so well. Is you know when I am weak, God builds me and others to be stronger if we are together as men. Yeah, and yeah. and so many men want to be the guy. Right? The pastor, the preacher, the superhero, the got it all together. And they usually are the only guy and they are isolated and they don't have friends and then they fear their weakness and then they actually are weak. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but it's true unless they have people that actually know and can really be a strength to them. And that's the thing that I've learned as an older man that. Man, I glory my weakness. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. I I am like, because I know God's God's reinforcements are coming, and I'm going to be amazing, yet I know that I'm weak. It's like, I don't yeah. know, it's just hard to describe. But <laughs> and, well, it's a paradox, isn't it? It's the, the paradox of the kingdom, and it's so countercultural.
1: And, yeah. I mean, we... Yeah, so more, I think particularly in the Western world where, you know, all of the social media influences, which is really, it's not so much TV anymore, it's really social media. Yeah. Tell us that we give, you know, you, you look at how many um, over 40 fitness programs there are to build lean muscle and get ripped and be the man you always wanted to be. Sure. And, you know, uh, if you want to make him millions of dollars, i do it on your own. Out Hustle, outlast, outwit, outplay, outgrind. Um, and, and it's all about your ability, and you just, you know, you do more than the other, the other guy. Mm. And, uh, and and I think God's kingdom is uh, is totally the opposite. It's mm. surrender. It's, and it's not wimpy too. I think the greatest um, courage a man can show is admitting his weakness. That takes guts.
0: Yeah. Well, I found that when I was what I would consider weak, like in my house. And I might say to my wife, Hey, I, um, I don't know the answer or I need some help. I mean, and I've been married a long time, you know, and it's like, it's taken me a while to get to that, that place. And she would come in with wisdom from the Lord. She would come with encouragement from the Lord. And I'm like, this is what I've been missing out because I've been trying to be the man in my own house for this long. I'm a fool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my, my wife, Teresa, she's is, she is so much more wiser than me, more uh, – she, she has this thing. She has a saying where if we, if we can't find a way of articulating something, she says, oh, we need to wrap language around that. And that, that's her little saying. What is it? What did she say? She, we need to wrap language around. Oh,
0: that. okay, got it. Yeah.
1: If, if you're trying to explain something, a situation, a way of feeling, even an idea, we want to we want to step out and do something new. She'll say, yeah, we need to wrap language around that. And she has a way of just conversating, and quite literally, you watch her wrap language around something, and you go, that that's it. That's what I've been trying to say, or that's what I've been trying to express, or you know, and and. Yeah, and then it's like that go button when she does that for me. Then she'll go run with it, and then
0: I'm like, ah. That's good. That's so well as a team. Hey, so uh, you brought out something like a pattern in our pre-show. You were talking about kind of pride and how yeah. it, it. Can you just walk through that with guys so they'll kind of have an awareness of, you know. The, where this stuff will lead you know kind of pride yeah. especially when and with the context that we all screw up right so yeah
1: yeah so you know, in our day-to-day as men uh, the difference between men and women is men and men usually think more highly of ourselves than who we really are and that leads to pride uh, me, women usually think less of themselves than what they are they're, they're more articulate stronger more courageous all that. Uh, than what they think they are. So yeah. women are quick to surrender. They're quick to throw their hands up and go, Lord, I don't need your help. Whereas guys are like, No, I've got this. I've got this. And so through that pride and wanting to be problem solvers, men tend to try and fix everything. You know, the wife says, Oh, the washing machine's broken. He's like, Not thinking about, Oh, how it's affected her day. He's thinking, Right, I've got to fix this. So we go into problem solving mo- mode and fixer. We're fixers. Then when we make a mistake, we stuff up whatever it is in life, wherever we fall short, and we do multiple times, through that pride, we don't want to admit defeat or weakness. So, you know, that pride's like, no, I'm okay. We put up the facade. Then the enemy comes in. He's the accuser of the brethren, and he'll remind us of our failure, our mistake, our shortcoming. That leads to, uh, you know, guilt. We feel guilty. We didn't fulfill our promise. We didn't you know, live up to the standard, we weren't able to fix it, we couldn't find the answer, we couldn't provide whatever it is. Then on the hot on the heels of guilt comes shame. And shame is I think one of the greatest weapons of the enemy because shame brings about isolation. If we feel ashamed, we don't want to be seen or noticed by anyone, so we isolate. And men are really good at isolating. We isolate We can isolate in the crowd. Uh, We we, we isolate through work. We isolate through self-medication, whether it's drugs or alcohol, addictions, pornography, gambling, uh, you name it, and we isolate through that. Then somewhere in that journey when we're at the bottom of that cycle, we think, no, I've got to fix this. I've got to fix myself. We try and pull ourselves out. We don't engage the help of others. We don't surrender to Jesus and ask him to help us. We think we can do it on our own because we think more highly of
0: ourselves than what we
1: really are and it just becomes this vicious cycle and I believe the church globally and particularly in the western world in the US Canada England Australia New Zealand I really believe that there is a a sleeping giant of men who are on the peripheral the periphery of church where we're attending but not engaged because of the shame and guilt we're all suffering Mm. and if the Holy Spirit I believe, wants to get men to wake up and go, get on your knees, surrender. And when men do that and then just let go and let God and let him do the redemptive work, which is painful. I mean, going through an operation can be quite painful, Mm. but the end result is you'll be healthier. And uh, when men start to do that personally, individually, then corporately we'll be there for each other and hold each other accountable and accountability is not a dirty word it's a great word mm. and yeah i think uh there's going to be a revival in the hearts of men yeah and it's, I- it's starting to happen i mean you know just your 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 ministry you know mm. uh, kindling fire there's a kindling fire there
0: yeah, it's a small fire, but it's supposed to be. It's, but God's intention is for it to be a raging fire all around the world, but it starts small. So the, the scripture that comes to mind while you're speaking is that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's yeah. like a key scripture. And what you're talking of is that men that, that are... That are stuck without repentance, right? Yes. They, they, and that's the key that unlocks this stuff is repentance, and that takes humility and, and the truth and things. And I think that it's key for men to be in a community of men that, where there is that kindness, and usually that kindness is extended because of compassion. I've been yes. there. I know it. I and and I'm not here to drive drive you deeper into the ground, uh, yeah. with more shame or more guilt. I'm here to say it's that are you have you had enough? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, empathy. Yeah. Yeah, empathy is a huge tool, and I think too mm-hmm. one of the biggest stumbling blocks that us men find is our relationship with our heavenly father is seen through the lens of our relationship with our earthly father yeah and so many of us guys have had a father who's failed us massively Hmm. and that was a huge stumbling block for me and uh one of the biggest revelations was learning the heart of our Father. Hmm. And Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah 32, um, I think it's uh, 38 to 41, talks about how the Father says through the prophet Jeremiah that I take great joy in only doing good for you always. Hmm. That statement is like, what? My Father takes joy in only doing good for me? It's something that we don't get. And then obviously the prodigal son, uh, one of the most famous parables we know that jesus taught we look at the the prodigal son so many of us are prodigals but what was the heart of the father he was always waiting for the son to return the son had to make the decision he wouldn't go after him uh, in in the parable but god's always waiting for us and when we want to repent and and own our mistakes and say okay i've stuffed up he's there and before you can even get the full confession out of your mouth as in the parable God's covering him, and there's four things that the Father does. He covers him with a coat, which is the, the Father's covering. He doesn't say, quick, hose him down, get him showered, make sure he's got perfume on, uh, get that wretched stench off him before I cover him. He immediately covers him as he is. And that reminds me of the, the, the um, story of Jesus and the leper. When the leper comes to Jesus, I believe it's in Luke 4 or Mark 4, where he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then Jesus touches the leper, which would have made Jesus ceremonially unclean. He touches him, then says, I am willing, then heals him. So he touches the leper in his unclean state. Jesus touches us in our unclean state. So the father puts the coat on the son, puts the ring on the finger, which is a signification of a co-ownership or co-heir with the father, you're on equal standing with the father now, then puts shoes on his feet. And in uh, uh, the time of Jesus telling this parable, when uh, shoes were put on the feet of a person, that symbolized that they were a co-owner of the house. They had the authority of the owner. When guests came to your house in Jewish times, uh, you know, in in Jesus' time, uh, the guests would take their feet, the shoes off. Thus, you know, when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, they didn't have shoes on because, you know, they were guests of a house. But the owner of the house had shoes on because he was the one who owned the joint. He had an ultimate authority. Yeah. So he put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger, put shoes or sandals on his feet, totally restored the sun, and then killed the fatted calf. The fatted calf was a calf that they'd selected. It was the best of the herd, fed on an individual diet to increase its Flavor for the meat, uh, and it was like the best grain was fed to this thing, and it was only killed at the most special of occasions. And so, those four things the father does to a son who repents—did the son deserve it? Absolutely not. Did he? Why did he actually come to himself? Because he was hungry. It was out of selfish ambition. He still only really repented because he wanted food. Yeah. He, you know, he'd realised he'd hurt his dad, but he he only wanted food. He just wanted to eat the the food that his servants had, uh, that his dad's servants had. But it just shows us our father takes joy in always only doing good for us. Yeah, the, uh, one of the, he, he wants the best for us. So that that yeah. out of that revelation, then we'll tend to repent. So that's yeah.
0: Long winded, but <laughs> no, that was good. The, the, um, I think when men hear, and this is one of the hearts for this show and other things that I've read is when men hear testimony of the father, like you described, not, yeah. not Bible stories, even though Bible mm-hmm. stories are powerful, but like that Bible story, here's my story. Sounds like a yeah. Bible story. Sounds like a father yes. that had did, did, he did it for the prodigal son, he did it for me. And when men yep. start to really, Like go shoulder to shoulder and actually meet people like this, right? That's when they're like, huh, I just thought all this was sort of pie in the sky stuff. Like you really – we really have a dad that that loves us like that, our our father in heaven? And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Because more men will say – yeah, you know, I sinned, and my debt. you know, my, you know, God came down on me like a hammer, or, you know, he, he, he does, you know, it's all these, always this very harsh reactions of God on our wickedness, and I hear that much more from men than, oh, the love of God. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. And And it's their perception. You're right, Troy. It's in the um, the sharing of your testimony. I mean, we overcome the world by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, our Mm. story. You know, I was uh, at my wits end, at my worst. I I was at my weakest, and I surrendered. And God, in His love and mercy, has restored to me everything. Everything Mm. that I thought was lost, God restored it to me. And here I am three years down the track, and... Um, which is leading me to to my next book which is called Second Half the, And the second half of my life is going to be better than the first
0: half Amen and, come on preach it some,
1: <laughs> Sometimes sometimes we can come into the sheds uh, you know the dressing room half time and we've fumbled the ball we've leaked points we've had some you know some dubious decisions go against us the the umpires have gone you know, giving us a penalty when it was someone else's indiscretion. We've made the wrong call. Hey, maybe we've scored some points, but we're down on the scoreboard. We come into the sheds at halftime. You know, you and I now are sort of heading to midlife, and you think, wow, far out. The scoreboard's sort of in deficit. How do I how do I come back and turn mm-hmm. this setback into a comeback and live the rest of my life so it's going to count for eternity? And I really believe that's a message that God, well, I'm actually in the process of writing
0: that's awesome game plan which is
1: called second half so I'll, have, I'll have that out in the next six months but,
0: <laughs> that's but awesome the stories, the stories of guys who have <laughs> you um, hold on a second sure okay alright can you hear me now
1: yeah 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 all good
0: okay yeah you froze for a minute so uh, it's, you said you said it's the stories of guys can you just say that again
1: yeah, it's, it's the stories of guys who have come into the sheds at half time, you know, midway through life, and have just uh, the scoreboard's been in deficit and have made some mistakes and wondering if they can turn it around. And with God's help, we can always you know, turn a setback into a comeback. And it's, it's those testimonies, the, the stories, and the stories of guys who have been brave enough to surrender to God literally. And, and take the hands off everything. You know, there's a famous song, Jesus Take the Wheel. Yeah. Um, so we just have to. We, we can't do it on our own. And, uh, you know, God and man is always a, a majority. Yeah. And, amen. and then when we're together, you know, there's this hashtag going around, better together. Men are better together. We do need to have each other's back and, and hold each other accountable. And if you stuff up, yeah, there's, there, there is sometimes pain associated with mistakes, but it's not the end. It's mm. part of the process.
0: And that's our testimony. That's your testimony. That's my testimony. There's so many men's yeah. testimony. It's not the end. You might think it's yeah. the end. It's not.
1: Yeah, and with God, there's always hope, and it's mm. and it's hearing those ten- oh, I think the biggest thing for me uh, was hearing other guys' stories. Uh, I had a mentor when I was going through this process of, redemption and rebuilding my life and and I said to him have you heard of other men who have gone through this and their wives have forgiven them and taken them back and they're still together and he said oh yeah absolutely and that gave me hope because there was other guys out there who had trod this path before me and made a huge mess of their lives and through their own selfishness and everything and and through surrender God brought them through. So there was hope for me. There was hope for my future. And, uh, yeah, I suppose I just hope that, you know, your story and my story and, and stories of others, you know, tell, telling of God's goodness will um, yeah, encourage other guys to just allow him in into those inner recesses of our heart that we yeah. think that they're too dirty to clean yeah and
0: he'll 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 out big time so let's let's end with uh this we before the show you were talking about uh, as kind of a special word that the lord had had given you uh yes. yeah and and i was that sort of after this kind of wreckage or is it before yes okay no, no, it
1: was after, after the wreckage
0: <laughs> yeah so c- can you after. can you sh- share that
1: yeah, yeah. When I started journaling from, from that day where everything fell apart, God spoke to me very clearly and said, you ought to start journaling. And so I started journaling and it was probably about, oh, I would have been about nine, ten months into the journey as God had started to rebuild everything. And he spoke to me clearly and I, and I, was, I always, because I've got you know the gift of the gab and I've always been a speaker, I always thought I was an evangelist. And that was just, yeah, I sort of assumed. And, and and in my total surrender, I just said, hey, God, I'm going to, you know, like Paul, I've, everything that, was, that I've ever achieved is like rubbish refuse in comparison to knowing you. So I want to start from scratch. What do you want me to do? You've made me. And if you've made me, you know what I'm made for. So tell me what to do. I want to do what you've made me to do because then I'll find fulfillment and I'll, it'll be easy because that's what you've made me to do. And he just said this word very clearly. He said, build my church, build my men, bring my sons home. I've called you to be an encourager. And so, and I look back over my life and all I've ever been really, really good at without even thinking is encouraging people. And I've always had a heart for men. So, yeah, that's the commission of my life is to build his church through building men, helping men be better men, godly men, and Calling his sons home, like the prodigal son. Say, come home. There is a father who loves you, who um, is merciful, and he's waiting with open arms and and wants you to come home. He's got a plan and a purpose for you. He's got a game plan for you to to succeed, for you to have a future and a hope.
0: But you can't do it on your own. Man, that's so good. <laughs> so if people, yeah. to, if people want to pick up your book or, or find out a little bit more about uh, making a bully his, uh, bullying history, where, where would they go?
1: Well, the book's available on Amazon. So if you just Google Game Plan uh, Brett Murray Amazon, you can get it there. It's, um, we've, we've yeah, been selling copies in the U S, which I'm very, very excited about. Cool. Uh, our, our website is just make bullying That's O R G. Um, yeah. And, uh, that's the sort of two platforms, um, where you can see a bit more about what we do and who we are. And obviously make bullying history on uh, Instagram or Brett Murray on Instagram. is just my personal one where I share all my faith based stuff. Yeah. But yeah, uh, just here to help, here to be part of the
0: team and add value wherever I can that's awesome, well look, thank you so much for coming on, I I look forward to continuing to connect with you on Instagram and and however else the Lord leads, so uh, God bless you, thanks for coming on hey, thanks for listening to the podcast if you want more information on the Kindling Fire go to our website thekindlingfire.com there you can learn how you can join the Fire Starters. That is a community that I'm sending free e-courses, Bible devotionals. We're doing special challenges to really help you guys move towards the dreams that God has placed in you. I'm also on Instagram at the Kindling Fire, and as always, be awesome.